Are you leaving opportunities on the table? If you aren't getting maximum functionality out of your HubSpot account, you might be. In this episode, we will discuss using HubSpot for B2B marketing efforts, from CMS Hub to automation for analytics and everything in between. Are you a startup founder or CMO trying to grow your brand? There's good news, you're not the first. Our growth team is committed to learning and earning the skills and strategies high growth companies have used to build their businesses. And now we're sharing them with you. Welcome to Growth Team Radio. Welcome to Growth Team Radio. I am your host today, Mallory Kuhn, growth marketer at Lean Labs. And today I am joined by Chris Dubois, our fearless CEO. How are you today, Chris? Feeling fearless. Excellent. <laughs> Good, because I'm going to be asking you a lot of questions. <laughs> all right. I'm ready. I'm ready. So our, our topic today is about all things HubSpot. Um, and when we were coming up with this topic, I knew uh, that I needed to interview you for this one because you are, uh, I think I can speak for most of the team here, the person that we go to with our HubSpot questions. Um, so I am just curious to start off, um, what is your history with using HubSpot for B2B marketing specifically? Yeah. So almost all of my marketing experience has been on HubSpot, uh, like using it as a platform. So because most of my marketing experience, I've been here at Lean Labs. Uh, Lean Labs has been a diamond partner uh, with HubSpot. We're a solutions partner. So right now, all of our clients work on HubSpot, right? Okay. And then we also, yep. we've also done, uh, we've been part of the partner scale onboarding program with HubSpot where they just need to get, they have a bunch of clients who need help you know, getting onboarded to HubSpot. And so they just call us up and we jump in. Um, we also just, just do onboarding to help companies, you know, get more from HubSpot. And so um, at this point, I've onboarded probably close to 100 companies. Wow. Uh, so I've got a system in place. Um, I'd like to think I know what I'm doing there. Uh, and then because we use it for all of our clients, we go a lot deeper on just onboarding, right? We're, we're actually like building out an entire system that helps us with managing our marketing and stuff. So quite a, quite a bit of, I mean, four and a half years of using it daily. Yeah. <laughs> so. The ins and outs too. And that's the thing I think that, uh, you know, we've talked about this in other capacities with working at Lean Labs, where I feel like you get so many more reps in with so many different, mm -hmm. um, accessory muscles, we'll call them, uh, in different, in the field, uh, and yeah. with HubSpot specifically. So, you know, you're not just looking at the way we use HubSpot, you are setting it up for different clients with, different needs, um, which I feel like is, is going to be really helpful for our listeners who may have different needs from Lean Labs needs specifically. Um, so I'm curious if you have any examples just to kick us off here uh, of some successful marketing campaigns that you've led or helped run using HubSpot and specifically focusing on what ways in which HubSpot was crucial to the success of those campaigns. Yeah. So there's there's a lot of examples we could pull from. I think the the most important thing to first like to differentiate is like HubSpot is like a growth platform, right? So you can you can choose like I just want to do my marketing here, just sales. A lot of companies will still use Salesforce for managing their pipeline, but they'll use Marketing right. Hub for everything else with HubSpot. Um, we take a growth marketing approach, and so it's really important for us that every team is talking and sharing one source of information. So even if you are on Salesforce, right, we have a single source of truth where we can get information feeding back from Salesforce to make sure that we're we're tracking everything and like as a single picture um, for everyone. But um, 
when we look at like growth marketing, right? It's about more than just marketing. It's not like I could go run a social campaign, email campaigns. Uh, we can do blogs. We can do like so much within HubSpot. Uh, but it becomes really valuable where I can now be building out my buyer's journey on the CMS. And then I, that leads people into our marketing assets, which leads people into a sales conversation, which leads us to the success team and the service team. And we can all use this one operating picture to see what's up. So now as a marketer, I can jump in when a someone from sales closes a deal and they say, man, that was the easiest deal to close ever. I'm like, okay, let me go look at that contact record and pull right. everything I can, right? We can, we can capture call recordings. I can capture what pages did they look at, um, you know, that drove them to that sales conversation. So now I can grab all of this and, and use it to help me with my marketing. And so even the service stuff, what questions are people asking after they've already bought? So if we want to be able to retain more of those clients, then we should be able to have content and be able to, to address some of these things earlier. So it's not a problem for them. It never even comes up. And so um, a lot of the campaigns we've done have just been with not being just a marketing team coming in to help with marketing, but rather integrating as a partner so that we can actually work with their sales teams and uh, and build out campaigns where we're getting live like results, right? We have uh, one client, we did a um, basically a book a call page and they started getting more sales calls coming in. And I just, after they were getting some sales calls, I went to the sales team and said, hey, how are these things going? And we made sure they were plugging in notes and everything. And now we can keep tweaking that that page to address the things that people actually want to talk about on the call. And we can keep refining it that way. Um, and we've boosted, yeah, that page has gone up like 20% in, in wow. conversion rate. Um, just by being able to do that, right? Get a page that people want and then just talking in between the teams and using this platform to be able to like share all that information and, and see everything. Yeah, well, uh, and I feel like yeah. having all of the information in the same place that everyone can access it um, cuts down on double work a lot, which can save, mm -hmm. you know, cash on on worker hours. Um, but also, you know, I feel like it can strengthen the relationships between teams. How many times have you heard a sales team complain about the, you know, bleep, leads that they're getting from marketing, right? Um, and this time. enables, <laughs> right. And this enables more collaboration, which I feel like can cut down on, on those kinds of conversations, um, which is great. Yeah. Um, so you've talked a little bit about, uh, the vast variety of things that you can do with HubSpot. Um, I'm curious, what are some of the key features every B2B marketer should know? So if they, don't, you know, we're not all going to be a Chris Dubois and dive into the, all the details of HubSpot. What are the key yeah. ones that they cannot miss? So, yeah, there's a lot in HubSpot. I would say the first thing ever, this is probably underused as well, smart lists. Like a lot of people see list building um, within the platform. It's just like a, oh, we, we have these contacts. They've been segmented. And right. it's like, but you can, you can get way more granular than that, right? You can actually use it for your reporting, I could now go build some reports in HubSpot that only look at people in a specific list. So I could now say, hey, I only want to look at people in this location, right? Or people with this annual revenue. And I could build a report based off those because they're already in a list. They've already done that for me. Same thing. If I want to create a workflow, I can, I can create the entire trigger, right? Someone who meets all of this criteria will then fire this automated workflow. Or I can just build a list that does all of that. You say, if someone's on this list, fire this workflow. But now I can also go into that list and see way more details about the person. 
and stuff, right? So like you get the same end result, but I'm now opening up the amount of data I can actually pull from from this list to see everything. Um, so smart list, huge. We use them to feed literally everything. Um, the workflows, so you can automate like literally everything in HubSpot, right? So like um, something we do, which I'm sure will come up against, this is like super valuable thing, but you can take like, you can create a property, just call it, I think I call it like the automation engine and everything that you would want to automate within your company that you potentially can do on HubSpot, right? You can just create an option for it as a drop down here. And this stays in the little like sidebar panel for every contact record. And so now I could be a marketer um, in this panel. I know, hey, I have to do this with the contact. I could just select this drop down, pick my option, hit save, and the system will take a bunch of actions and I don't have to. Super helpful if you have a, uh, a no-show, right, for a sales meeting. Right. That sales rep could go and send an email saying, hey, miss you in the meeting, let's follow up. They could go and roll them in a sequence, or I could literally just use a drop down, hit save, and move on to my next next conversation. And now we just save them, you know, 20 minutes, 10 minutes, like however much. And right. all it takes is on the front end, building out all of the workflows that we actually want. Once you have that, it's it's super easy. Maybe a sales rep knows he's gonna be out of office, and so they can click a couple buttons, and now we've reassigned all of his leads during a certain time period. Right, like all of these things can happen just super fast. Um, uh, what else? Bill, so as far as like key features, there's a lot you can do with reporting. Um, some are already built in. Some you can go customize yourself. You can lose yourself in the <laughs> in the report builder. Like, I mean, their custom report builder. I mean, you're talking like you can have two y axes with like an x x and like you how you want it to look with bars and lines and everything else. You can make some pretty good data. Um, I would set up a system so that you can track all of the data in the right spots, right? You make a dashboard that shows you everything. And like, that's a lesson in itself, how to create a good dashboard for, for everybody. Um, but being able to kind of see all that, I've been in some very sloppy portals. Oh, like okay. not. Not now what makes anything. them sloppy? I feel like we need to dive into that for the listeners. Yeah, they so when you get into a portal and you can't actually find what you need, right? There's no naming conventions, there's no so like if I want to check out a form and there are four forms with a very similar name instead of like something specifically annotated. And like and even with forms, you should only be using one for like certain criteria, right? We want to like minimize um, right. the number of things. So that if you have, have to update it, then you only have to update one. Instead exactly. of having to chase down eight forms, right? Yeah. Um, and that's kind of like one of my tips for for people using when you get into list building too, and like using some of these smart lists, like for your MQL list, right? For marketing qualified leads, you might want to know what location are they in, what industry are they in, all of this. And if they meet those criteria, then they get put on this list, which then triggers a workflow. And so specifically for like geography. I won't add all of the geography items within a list. I'm going to create a geography list. So there's one list that says this is our geography qualification criteria. Now, instead of having to go back and find every single list that mentions geography, instead, I'm going to have those lists just reference this one. So I can change okay. one list at the start, and it's going to spill over and have the effects on all of the lists that we've referenced it. And so now the, the amount of time you save is like exponential instead of having right. to like when you 
cut down on errors as well. You know, if you change it and your criteria have changed and you miss it somewhere, you could end up working off of bad data for months without knowing it. Exactly. Um, And it saves you from like having a a Q1 2022 list and then a Q2 and then like when really the only one, like one little thing changed and you could just do some tweaks on other, uh, other lists. Um, what else is sloppy with portals? Yeah, a lot of the auto, just the reports, like they just, the reports don't make sense or they have a dashboard where it's like, it's super easy when you think about it, this sounds common sense cool, but when you're building it out, it often doesn't, you should have reports that tell us like your dashboard tells a story. And so if you can build out the reports that are sequential in a way that shows you what's actually happening, then you actually get the story, right? And you can see what's actually happening with your data versus seeing awareness up here and then you got to scroll down and then, oh, here's our leads. And then like further down and you have like all these random pages in between and like, like, no, why don't I see like, all right, I have my awareness metric, right? Traffic. How is that driving into leads and marketing qualified leads? How is that going into SQLs? And you can like trace it and then start adding other data for different pieces. And so um, once you start playing with it, it becomes pretty easy. Just like, how can I get the data that I need faster? How can I see the story that I need faster? Right. Well, I think that's a great point is focusing on the larger story that you're looking for, right? Because like you said, you can get lost in that reporting. There's a lot you can do with it. Um, So I think that's uh, a great point to make is to keep your eyes on the prize, right? With what story you're trying to tell and and let the pieces of the puzzle fall together. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm also curious. So you do a lot of onboarding. As you mentioned, you've onboarded like a hundred different um, businesses onto onto HubSpot. So you work with people that are new to HubSpot a lot. So I think you're a great mm-hmm. person to ask this question. Um, B two B marketers who are new to HubSpot, right? Like their company is just moving over to HubSpot, or maybe they just started at a business <laughs> that uses HubSpot and they've never used it before. Um, you know what? What tips and advice do you have for them? And where should someone start? So what is your like? bullet point one a <laughs> for getting started with onboarding onto hubspot Ooh. so if someone is just starting to onboard onto hubspot i would recommend and this kind of happens as part of the sales process so like anyone listening to this like take care of um, hubspot requires onboarding to make sure people are actually understanding how to use the platform if you want to really like dissatisfied customer don't show them how to use your tool like just throw them in, right? And then they're not going to get any value from it. They're going to leave. HubSpot knows this. Um, and so they want you to onboard. You can onboard with HubSpot or you can find a solutions partner, right? Someone else who HubSpot has said, these people know what they're doing. This company is good. Like it's usually an agency and uh, and you can work with them. I would recommend finding a solutions partner to work with. Generally, the costs will be the same, maybe even less. But HubSpot's onboarding is very much uh, coaching based right, where they're going to show you how to use the platform. They're going to tell you what you can be doing and like kind of guide you. Where a solutions partner, like the same thing we do, we can get a lot more hands-on and we will, I might jump in if you need something very custom, like we'll talk about it. We'll make sure, you know, budget scope-wise it fits. Uh, But I'll build it for you and record myself doing it so that I can give you that copy. And now you know how to do it and you have a resource for your team to be able to build it again if they need to, or at least use it internally, right? That's training for how to use it. Um, so if I had like, I would find an expert who knows what they're doing and then lean on them to be able to use it. Like, don't, don't show up assuming you know how to use the tool. Um, 
I've, I've met people who have used HubSpot before. So they said, oh, I'm, I'm good. I don't even need onboarding. Uh, but just because you've used it before doesn't mean you were using it to its most effective, right? Like capacity. And so. Right. Um, that's what you talk about all the time, right? The gift of going second, right? Yeah. They're, if they're new to the tool, there's people like you that aren't, (laughs) that can help them and, and give them just like that starting a little, that little push, right. Uh, to, to get off on the right foot. Speaking of the right foot, let's talk about the wrong foot for a second. Mm. Um, what are some of the biggest like challenges, missteps that you see people encounter with HubSpot? I know we've talked a little bit about, naming conventions and reporting and stuff like that. Um, I'm, I'm curious about like a bigger misstep, like something that a, a cautionary tale, perhaps. Do you have any specific examples even of a mistake that you have helped a client mm-hmm. or a team member even overcome in HubSpot? Yeah. So I'm going to do this through story. So a couple of years ago now, I learned how to juggle and yeah, there's. I'm gonna go somewhere with this. I promise <laughs> for everyone listening. There's a there's a there's a point to this story. <laughs> so I just out of the blue decided I wanted to learn how to juggle. You can look up Jim Quick juggling on uh on like YouTube and stuff. He has a great method. It makes it like use a box. It made it super easy. But like I literally learned how to juggle within a week. But I started over my couch. I grabbed three small potatoes that we had. <laughs> And I was just trying to do this, like figure it out. And I spent like 15 minutes for a handful of nights learning how to do this. Um, One night, my wife walked by and said, what are you doing? Because I'm standing over the couch holding potatoes. And yeah, they weren't in the air at the time. So like, obviously, (laughs) and I said, I'm I'm learning how to how to juggle. Why? Because I just feel like learning how to juggle right now. She's like, did you know for Father's Day, your kids actually got you juggling balls because they thought you would like to learn? Like, I did not know that, but we kept it a secret. And so when the when Father's Day came around, they gave me the gift. I opened it. I was like, whoa, juggling balls. And like, I took them out. I just started juggling. Right. I just started throwing <laughs> and I was doing it. And they were like, their little minds were like, oh, wow. Wow, dad's getting everything. <laughs> so then they picked up the juggling balls and couldn't do it. Right. And they couldn't figure it out. And this is like the perfect lesson for when people buy HubSpot and expect it to solve all of their problems. Like, no, if you don't know how to juggle, you still like juggling balls are not going to make it work. If your marketing is not working, if your company is not doing all of the right things, buying a new tool or system or platform, right, isn't going to be the answer. What you need to do is all the work in the background to set it up so that you're not reliant on a single tool but you actually have a system that just helps you do all of this better, right? HubSpot is great if you already know what you're doing and you already have a plan because it's going to make your life way easier, like substantially easier, but it's a tool. It can't on its own just solve everything for you. Right. Um, and eventually, you got to juggle like, those potatoes. <laughs> right. You got to start with the marketing potatoes here, but the eventually like AI is going to do all the things for you, mm-hmm. right? And help you set, set up whatever. Uh, but until then, and that like you got to figure out and put in the work and make sure you're doing it. And I think a lot of the companies that I've onboarded, have come in with that mentality of like, when do the leads start coming in? It's like the what? Like you think that's a thing in your head? Like, like when like, do you no offense to those people if they're listening. <laughs> um, but yeah, I would say that is probably the biggest mistake uh, on a much smaller level. 
people just import their contacts like way too soon. They're like, oh, let me just get in and start working. But they haven't built up the, the background for everything else. Right. They, so they end up getting like duplicate contacts or missing certain properties. And like, it's just it's hard to clean up now because we have all these contacts in here. And so like, right. build the platform, then add your stuff. You might get excited. You want to put it in right away. Don't do it. No, that makes sense. And that's great advice because I can definitely see, you know, oh, well, I'll figure it out once all my stuff is in there. Let me just figure it out. Um, But it's kind of like, you know, anytime I start at a new job, I've always built out all of my email folders and subfolders and anything in Google Doc or the drive or whatever it is where I work on my first week. Uh, Because if I don't, I know it's going to get too messy (laughs) before I get the chance. Um, So I feel like it's the same principle here. Yep. Awesome. Well, we've talked about reporting a little bit. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about reporting and, you know, data analysis and all of that good stuff. Okay. Because uh, HubSpot has some robust tools for this. So in your opinion, what are some of the most effective tools or pre-built reports or whatever exists in HubSpot that people should be definitely keeping their eye on um, mm-hmm. for B2B marketing performance? Yeah. So there's a lot you can do and you can get lost in there. So I would start with just page analytics, right? If you if you have your one, make sure your HubSpot tracking code set up. If you're not hosting your site on HubSpot and all that, uh, but you can jump in. You can look at the data for for any page that's built in HubSpot, and it gets pretty granular on what you're actually looking at, right? If there's a form on the page, we can track how many conversions we've had. We can track uh, like button clicks via CTAs. Uh, we can see how many people are coming to the page, how many sessions, what all the standard like bounce rate, exit rate, like all of that information. Uh, we can also track how many people have converted on this page and then become customers. And we can, you know, we can see all of these things just in a single page. And you also have the ability to now A and B test that page. And so, and you can compare the data side by side right there. Super valuable for making sure you got an optimized website. Um, HubSpot has a bunch of built-in analytics views as well. So you can jump in, you can just look at your total traffic coming into the website, broken down by their originating source. And so I can tell. Uh, how much organic traffic is coming in, how much direct traffic, right? We can look at we can look at it ba- broken down by like campaigns even. So if I have specific campaigns that I want to see how much traffic those are driving to the site, then we can see that. And that gives us some more insights into what people actually care about and what they want to do. Uh, we've done some things as an outsourced marketing team where we can add a tag to, to blog posts for anything we've written and we can hide that tag so it doesn't show up in like a category on the website or anything but we can then filter it to see how our content specifically is performing for our clients to make sure that we're actually doing all the right things uh, sales forecasting is a good one uh because you can i mean you can when you build out your pipeline this is less on the marketing side right but more on the uh sales but when sales has a huge forecast they get really excited because marketing's doing some work uh you can set it up with what percentage at each stage do you expect someone to close at Right. And so now I can build that out. I can tie it to goals. I can do all this in reporting. And so now we can see, all right, in Q1, we expect to close this many deals like this is exciting or hey, marketing, we're not going to close that many deals. How do we get more in the door by June in order to facilitate the numbers we need? Uh, and then finally, the, like report building, just like, man, like you can report building is is a rough one. <laughs> like, like you can there's do the courses in the HubSpot Academy so that you can learn how to do reporting because there is so much there. 
Right. Yeah. So I guess that's a, a great piece of advice then for to make sure to you don't sleep on the reporting that you can custom belt, even mm-hmm. though it might be challenging. The juice is worth the squeeze. Carve out some time to take those HubSpot Academy courses and yeah. make sure that you can uh, set yourself up to be able to drill down into the data that you need specifically. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's great advice. I want to talk a little bit about HubSpot CRM. Um, so just what are some best practices for using it? How are the ways that, you know, what are the ways it can benefit um, B2B mm-hmm. marketers? Um, just your general take on HubSpot CRM. Yeah. So I think, a, so it's not just a place to capture leads, right? It's a place where you can actually create a source of information for everyone on your team to be able to have a similar operating picture. And so what I really like about like how HubSpot CRM is set up is that you can change that sidebar panel to have whatever information you need. And so if I'm on the sales team, I can have certain information just show up right away for me versus the marketing team that has certain information. So, you know, from the marketing team, I might pull it up and want to know uh, what was the last converting campaign? How many pages have they visited? What, you know, um, what offers have they already downloaded? Like I can plug that stuff into the sidebar for just a really quick view. Sales could have something completely different. What's the next step in the pipeline? What are we, you know, what's their current revenue? What, like any of our criteria to be able to advance this sale, we can have that located right there. But then we can also put notes. And so we can have shared notes that we all get to see uh, in order to kind of make better decisions. Um, So the sidebar is within, just talking like within the CRM piece. Sidebar is pretty good. You can now, they've added some stuff so you can customize it a lot more too. Uh, with the like middle section, um, haven't played around with this a ton yet, but you can you can basically get an ex- like the view that you would want to very quickly and accurately see information on your you know whatever the contact is. You can see it all right in the center. You also get the benefit of having every like every object. So in HubSpot, we have you know you have the contact record, but you uh, so the contact being the object. You can also have the company, you know, deals, tickets. Uh, there's other, you can make custom objects too. Um, but you can have these on the right panel and it'll show you everything that's associated. And so if right. I just want to see, Hey, we got this huge company name in here, right? Or this person works for this company. Let me go look at the company and see how many other associated contacts are in there. Maybe we've got 10 people from their site. Maybe it's an intern who's just doing research. Right. And we can like, and they had someone else come in then to book a call because they said, Hey, this looks awesome, but we can like, we can do that type of stuff. Right. And see that type of detail. Um, within the CRM too, the ability to just update the contact record, but then also this like the next level play that automation engine I was talking about, use that. Like it's, you can put it in the sidebar so that all of the actions you would need to take are working. Like maybe I look at someone's contact record and it didn't automatically fire because I don't know, whatever reason, right? Something wouldn't fire as a workflow. But I'm like, this person needs to see this. Like they just download this offer. They have this. I can just click a couple buttons and it enrolls them into a workflow right from there. Um, it takes some planning to know what you need and how to get that all built out. Um, but it can be super valuable for your team. Um, the notes piece, though, really, I feel like I should stress the notes thing in the CRM because sales teams are terrible at taking notes. You know I'm talking to you. <laughs> Shots <They're>, fired. <laughs> it is like sometimes it's like pulling teeth, but it's like those notes help marketing 
with being able to see what's actually happening with with these contacts, right? So I can go back and I can I can take their objections. I can create content about those objections earlier, so they don't even have that question. I just shortened your sales cycle. You're gonna get more commissions because of me. Like <laughs> I'm helping you, bro. Uh, anyways. Excellent. Can you tell I've, I've had that issue before. <laughs> I was going to say, I feel like you may have had that conversation once or twice before. Uh, and now you've had it again, but just yeah. with yourself this time. On mass. Um, <laughs> in mass, yes. So you talked a little bit about automation. I, I feel like we've danced around with automation a little bit for, for a lot of this conversation. So I want to just really drive in um, because I think that automation is one of the really great benefits. Um that uh, that HubSpot has, and you know, there's a lot of different things you can use it for. There's a lot of different ways you can implement it. So, what role does automation play in B two B marketing through HubSpot, and how yeah. can a marketer optimize their workflows, their work processes using those sure. features? So, first, my approach to automation is that we automate for accuracy, not for efficiency. Right? If you're just looking to save time, there's tons of other ways you can do it. But if we want, but the more accurate we are we also do become more efficient. And so let's just prioritize the accuracy, make sure we have all the right data and we're taking all the right steps because that's what will lead to efficiency. So with that, um, we have to, we get really granular, right? With automations, you want to make sure you have those lists. I would strongly encourage anyone who is using HubSpot for automations, activate, like use the enrollment trigger of being on a list because then you can get super granular. You can see everything. You can look at all those contacts. You can see how fast that list is growing. You can do so many different things with that. Um, and it, I mean, then you can also use that list to feed other automations and you don't have to recreate everything, which is a huge time saver. But um, with, with the automations, I like, so HubSpot has some that are built in and then they have the ones you can build on your own. So I, you, one that is built in, is if someone converts on a lead, we can send them an, or on a form, excuse me, we can send them an automated email that has whatever deliverable we promised, right? Um, that's built in. You don't have to do anything. Like you just have to tell it which email to send and it's all going to do it for you. You can also do the exact same thing through a workflow, which says if someone converts on this, this form, then do these actions. And it could be update their contact record to state this. You know, then update this to do this, then send them this email, uh, then send, then wait one day and then send them this email, right? And we can build out something much more thorough based off what we know about the lead and what we know, actually want them to take for an action. Um, I would not do anything with automations until you, you know your system works, right? Everything should be manual until you, you know this is what we actually want to do. So if you're, playing with an automation and you're like, oh, should we just fire this to 5,000 contacts? Uh, maybe try it on one, make <laughs> sure it's good. Uh, you can also have, have someone proof your workflows. <laughs> like anytime you're automating, anytime you're sending an email sequence, I would strongly encourage you to have someone else just look at it. Uh, there is nothing like sending a blank email that only has your footer, which includes an unsubscribe button. Uh, like that, that would not be fun. I, that has happened. So not from say, us. Not from <laughs> us. Seems like a specific example. <laughs> yeah, I may know someone. Uh, yeah. We didn't get fired from it, so that's a plus for well, them. Good. <laughs> but very expensive lesson to lose thousands of people from your email list because that's what they got in their inbox. Right. 
Um, but yeah, uh, optimizing your workflows, you can track data as well. You can see how many people have gone through, how many people have fired. If you set up branches inside your workflows, right? So if someone meets this criteria, now move them on this path versus this path. Um, you can see how many people are taking each step. And so now you're getting insights through all of these workflows into who your, your customers are. If you notice the person who makes it to step three and converts is like killing it. Like they become a customer, you know, 80% of the time. Uh, but ones who are falling off earlier, maybe even ones that hit like stage four or five, we're, we're losing them. So that means, hey, it's stage four and five. Well, we got to tighten that up because we shouldn't be like if we have a huge conversion rate for the people dropping off at stage three, um, we need to do some stuff on stage four and five to make this better. Uh, it also means stuff at one and two, maybe we're attracting some of the wrong people because a lot of the people who get to three are still good. And so like you can start to kind of see the story play out through the data and you can start refining all of these workflows. I hope that made sense. It made sense in my head because I was visualizing it. No, it did. It did. I uh, I also was visualizing it. I feel like it. You can picture like a tree <laughs> almost. Uh, yeah. yeah. Which is our, another our like listeners do need, the same. <laughs> yeah, it's like a, you have to be able to visualize something if you want to optimize it. And so, being able to actually look at a workflow and like see it mapped out uh, definitely helps with being able to track all of that. Yeah. Well, I think that's one another strength. Just as like a a non-expert user myself of HubSpot is uh, I do think that their workflow tools are very user-friendly because they are so visual. Um, you know, I've, I've worked with other tools that um, was a lot more difficult to see exactly, you know, right. what happens at every stage. And it's, it's very much a, yeah. uh, almost like a mind map um, that you're building out um, when you do a HubSpot right. workflow. Which is and I, I don't helpful. mean to fire at Salesforce right now, but if you need a Salesforce architect what's happened like how, how crazy are we getting here that we need an architect <laughs> to come in and help us like yeah you're yeah. building a whole skyscraper of a workflow with that architect right. <laughs> awesome well, just before... job security. yeah there you go <laughs> before we wrap up i just want to make sure we've captured as much as we can from your expertise. Um, so if there are any lesser known underutilized features that we yeah. haven't talked about yet, um, what are you know some of the, the hidden mm. gems maybe in HubSpot that users should be aware of? So underused features, I think one that I've noticed a lot are the snippets. Uh, super simple tool, right? Essentially, you're, you build out a little template to be able to take notes from. And you give it a hashtag, you give it a name, and then you can set a hashtag to it for quick searching. And now inside the CRM, say I'm on a phone phone call with you know some lead, and I know like maybe part of our sales process is to use uh, the Bant function, you know, function. Um, sales guys will get that. I could do hashtag Bant because that's what I named this workflow or this uh, snippet rather, and hit enter, and it's going to populate everything that I need to ask in this call. And if some of that information has already been received through like a form or through previous contact stuff, it's going to fill it in for me. So I know I don't need to ask this question in the meetings. I already have it. And it makes sure that I get all of the other information that I need from the contact. And so especially for like a junior sales rep or something, right, they can get a lot of information really fast. Um, also, we're, I guess we're supposed to be focused on marketing, right, for this. uh, <laughs> uh well, we talked, you know, it all comes together. Yeah. It's best Growth when marketing. sales and marketing are friends. So, uh, yeah. 
but even that information, right? Being able to help sales with collecting that information. And like, if you know, they're going to have these, these things and they're often getting it and it's not filled out, then we can do things like change forms to, to update stuff and like work around that way. But snippets are super underused. And I'm sure there are ways I haven't even thought about using them that others could. Some people use them in lieu of like a playbook. I get you, you type in, you know, sales call one or discovery call one. And it'll, oh. it'll have every step you need to take in the call. So you might not be filling in information for everything, but it'll say like, ask about this, like make sure you greet the customer five minutes, right? Like you can like literally break it down that way. There's so many ways you can use this. Um, and then something else that I, it's probably better known from like the HubSpot nerds um, would be like smart content. So the ability to change content on like a web page based off the individual. And so if they're in a certain location, right, we can change, change what they see. If they're on a certain list that we've created, we can then use that list to show different content. Uh, we, you can even change like a CTA. So I've used a list to say, hey, someone has converted on a top of the funnel offer, right? And so that puts them on this list. Now, every time they see a page, that has that top of funnel offer, instead of showing it to them again, I'm going to show them the next step offer. So now I'm not wasting time showing them like some offer that they've already converted on. And so I'm going to give right. them what's next in the pipeline. And so hopefully I can now get them on something for the middle of the funnel or bottom of the funnel. Right. And it, it's super easy to set up. You can also do like query strings with it. And so like, if they come from a certain page onto this one, we keep the query string from the URL at the top. And if it says a certain word, the page content will change. And so I can have a thank one thank you page for all of my content. And we use that query string to then change the content of the page. Oh, now that's a time saver right there. Right. So you can do things like that. And it depends if you're doing like a very specific thank you page, I would do it separately. So you can check the data separately. But if you if you're so we have there's a lot of companies who do like they have 50 white papers. I was literally just going to say, if you have white papers. Right. Um, and you're like, you're not doing a, like a video on the thank you page, like to encourage them to take a next step with you. And you're literally just saying, Hey, your downloads in your inbox. Um, that's something super simple. You could do, Hey, they came from this white paper. So thank you for downloading this. Uh, it's in your inbox, you know, go check out this other content. And like, and you could just have that done without having to worry about it. And so now, um, it becomes much easier to manage your website and all your thank you pages because you only have to change that one page. Uh, but uh, yeah, I would say those are some of the underused ones. There's probably more. Yeah, well, that's that's yeah. the thing about HubSpot, right? Is that I feel like there's uh, it's close to limitless <laughs> the kinds yeah. of things you can do with it. Um, and the good news is, a like you, let's go back to your original uh, piece of advice is to partner with a solutions partner, uh, or at very least with HubSpot when you're doing your onboarding to make sure that you're getting set up right. Um, but also, you know, avail yourself of their training resources. HubSpot has a huge library of um, training resources yeah. um, that that can really help you get the most out of um, what you're looking to do. So this has been great. Um, thank you so much for joining me uh, for this conversation about using HubSpot for B2B marketing, Chris. Um, mm -hmm. Hopefully listeners are going to leave this episode with some actionable tips, some new tricks up their sleeve um, so they can maximize the impact that HubSpot can have on their business. So yeah. thanks everybody. Should, oh, oh, yeah. I should throw in, if you do want to just work with us, go check out our, we have a HubSpot onboarding page, leanlabs.com slash HubSpot dash onboarding. Uh, and you can just see how we do it. 
And like that might actually give you some insights into what you can do for yourself, what you could get from another solutions partner, or you can just book a call with us and we'll chat. That's awesome. So that's leanlabs.com slash HubSpot dash onboarding. Yep. Yeah. I think awesome. so. Hopefully. <laughs> a, bonus, <laughs> a bonus tip there. Awesome. Well, thank you everyone for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to make sure you never miss an episode. And please be sure if you're enjoying the show to take the time to rate and review on your favorite podcast application. And until next time, this has been Growth Team Radio. Want to grow your business? Trying to find the right path to do it? Well, we've got the answer. Go to stopscaling.com. Yes, you heard right. Go to stopscaling.com where we'll show you the exact way to grow your business this year.